Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello Egg Chasers, welcome to episode 23 of the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. We don't take ourselves or the game too seriously, we just love rugby. I'm Tim, that's JB. Hi Tim. Hello Phil. Hi Tim. Right, are you ready for this then gents? Yes. Let's, should we pod? Let's, Let's do this. Pod. Uh, did you play at the weekend? Did I play at the weekend? Yes, I played at the weekend. Played loose head, tight head and hooker. Oh my word. Do you know what? There's, <laughs> the holy I, trinity. I got absolutely <laughs> screwed playing loose head. I was so angry because I can't play loose head, it's really difficult. Um... And in case, well, obviously listeners don't know me, but I'm not a front rower. I'm a second rower or or back or If you've got an rower. image in your head, JB does not fit what that image might be. Yeah. Uh, certainly not. does not look like a front rower. Furious. There are, there are props who go their entire career without ever swapping sides in, sides in, in the scrum. <laughs> and you know, they just tell me, yeah, can you do a bit of loose head? Uh, yeah, I guess. Phil, no, I can't. How is Sesley Park getting on? Um, well, I didn't play... Because I'm injured again. Oh, for goodness sake. Bad one as well. Previous injury. Um, I shouldn't have been playing the last few weeks, actually. Don't play with big boys. I'm yeah, told you. I know, Stop I know. it. Maybe one day I'll learn my lesson. You, do you remember that programme, 999, back in the day with Michael Burke? <laughs> let's, let's have a reconstruction of what happened. What happened, Phil? Um, well, <laughs> the actual injury was a, about three months ago now. Um, but Phil got injured. <laughs> Came back to play too soon. Yeah, and this week I saw the specialist. It was muddy and slippy. I saw the, saw the specialist, and he was like, "What on earth are you doing?" He's like Brian Moore. What are you doing? <laughs> I think watching Phil play rugby is like watching do these episodes of Casualty when it's like the equivalent would be like, "Oh, look, there's a farmer there, and he's farming in icy conditions with a, with a sharp spike." <laughs> I'm what sure that's going wrong. I'm sure that lake's fully frozen over yeah. and not not going <laughs> to break at all. Phil studs are loose or something. <laughs> <laughs> Impending doom. Yeah. Oh, well. More time pre- to prepare for the latest podcast and uh, talk yeah. rugby. And let's do that, in fact. And it was the Oscars on Sunday night. So um, uh, to sort of get us back in Six Nations mode and also sort of reflect the fact the Oscars have been going on, we're going to celebrate right now the Snoskers. Catchy. On the, on the Egg Chasers Rugby <laughs> podcast, this is the Snoskers, the Six Nations Oscars. So our first category, ladies and gentlemen, is for Best Male. The nominees for Best Male are... Sergio Parise, from Italy. Wesley Fofana, from France. Mike Brown, from England. Johnny Sexton, from Ireland. Couldn't really think of a Welsh player that stood out, so we've gone for Nigel Owens, (laughs) for for Wales. And same for Scotland, really, so we went Kelly Brown. He's been playing really well for Saracens. (laughs) Surplus to requirements for uh, Scotland. So who do you think has been Best Male so far in the Six Nations, gents? Uh, Oh, um... Mike Brown. Mike Brown on form, yeah. Yeah, Mike Brown has been absolute standout. He really has. He surprised me how good he's been as well. Well done. And it goes to the Snoska for best male. It goes to Mike Brown. Well done, well done. <laughs> uh, best director of rugby. So who's it to be? Scott Johnson, Warren Gatlin, Stuart Lancaster, Philippe Santandre, Joe Schmidt or Jacques Brunel? Now, if, if Italy had actually got the result they deserved against mm. Scotland, I'd be pushing for Jacques Brunel. I think... They've got a good mix of forwards and backs, and they've been playing some good rugby. But and they've ch- what I like about Italy is they've progressed their style. It was all about the front five, but yeah. actually they've got a broader game now. Yeah. They're not so reliant on just having a front five. Yeah, and they're developing some good young backs. Um, Mike, Michael, Michael Campagnaro, Campagnaro, Campagnaro. The outside centre looks very good. Looks very, very skinny, dangerous. Needs um, to put in a few kg, but he's only twenty. That's true. Uh, it's a three-way tie, I'd say. Go on. Schmidt, Lancaster and Gatland. Gatland. Well, there we go. And all to play for, I guess. Well, that's a tied Oscar. Well done. 
They'll be delighted with that. Yeah, they'll be pleased. They can't take it away from you. Yes, they can. Best costume design. So this obviously is the, the favourite kit. Now, we talked about this at length on a previous podcast, but has your mind changed at all? Is this a straight shot between Italy home and Italy away? <laughs> well, no, France. I love France. I, oh, I, I, would, yeah, put, I would put my hat in the ring, and I love the France away kit as well. And the, the French training stash as well. They're oh. like off-field Have garments. you seen Canterbury Crusaders Adidas kit as well? Adidas are having a, a sublime year with kit. Crusaders, the chainmail chain one. Chainmail? No, they had one with the with the... Adidas stripes across the back. Ah, it's got chainmail on the front. Well, yeah. I haven't really seen the front, I've only seen the back. <laughs> oh, I take no, it back. <laughs> Adidas generally are having a very good year. Yes, agreed. But is it to be um, Italy or France then? Italy awake it for me, the white. Right. Oh, you've got, you got a casting vote here. Italy home for me. So Italy, Italy win. Yeah. It's Italy, Italy, Italy win. Well done. They win the Snosca for best costume design. <laughs> and they've come up on stage and want to thank Adidas... Uh, and just their Italian suave uh, and best sound. This goes for the best national anthem of all the Six Nations countries so far. No, you've got to put your own patriotism aside, which is, isn't hard for me and Phil because <laughs> yeah. God Save the Queen will come bottom, but you, for uh, JB. <laughs> um, What's the best anthem in the Six Nations? Hey, I'm consistent with this. I think the French. I've always said that. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Jay. Mm-hmm. I've got very much a soft spot for the Welsh anthem, I've got to say, particularly on home nights. But Damn yes, it. France. <laughs> uh, France, well done, you win best sound. And, uh, well, in Oscars, best score go is for a best original song or soundtrack to a film. However, in the Snoskers, best score is best try that you've seen in the, in the Six Nations so far. Yeah. What do you reckon? Uh, What's it to be? I'd go for Bonneval. Um... France versus Italy. Oh, that was a great try. The intercept by Fofana to um, Uge, who you thought had the gas, but didn't quite got chased all the way into the corner, and then a nice little off- offload inside. Uh, I can't think of it. I can't think of anything better. Um, I did quite like the line Burrell ran, but it wasn't the most exciting of tries. The the uh, Mike Brown oh, to Danny yeah, Kerr. to Danny Kerr. That yes. was the 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 Harlequins one two three one two three with Rob Shaw. Rob that, Shaw to Kerr, uh, to uh, to Mike Brown. Mike Brown to mm. Danny Kerr. To Danny Kerr. That was a special try as well. It was, it was a nice try. But I thought I'll go with Bonneval. Uh, well done, Bonneval. Yep. And uh, JB has insisted that we branch this out broader than Six Nations and have a Best Actor category. <laughs> uh, yep. Take it away, JB. So Best Actor, this is rugby from the season so far. So, so far for Best Actor, we've got Sam Dickinson for his role, uh, role in <laughs> Ow, I'm Really Hurt. <laughs> Featuring Jonathan Thomas. Featuring, Featuring jo- Jonathan, Jonathan Thomas. Thomas, yeah. We've got Dean Ryan for We're Getting Better. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie Burns in his role in I Still Care About Gloucester. <laughs> <laughs> Did you uh, see him at the weekend? No. Oh god, he, he just—he really doesn't care. He was awful. <laughs> he just—he didn't. Look, and, he was just not there, was he? And <laughs> last but not least, and best actor is Louis Pickamore for "Well Done, Ref." Excellent decision. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that concludes the Snoskers on the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. We'll talk more about the Six Nations and the upcoming matches this weekend uh, as the Premiership takes a break this weekend. But of course, it was uh, another round of Aviva Premiership matches at the weekend. So, what was your highlight? What did you see and uh, want to talk about tonight, Phil? Uh, the last 30 minutes of Northampton Gloucester mm. was excellent. And Northampton really turned it on. It was 13 all um, with, yeah, 30 minutes to go. And the power of Gloucester's pack and. Stephen Myler controlling the game and the running lines of the backs, like all three combined mm. to really, really turn it up and really... And who is this kid, Stevenson? Stevenson the 12. Yeah. Tom, yeah. Yeah, Tom Stevenson. We talked he, about him on a previous podcast as one to watch. We have, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I, was, I, would, I was watching the highlights. I thought, Christ, he's had, he's had a great game. Pretty special, actually. The number of players that are, keep coming through into the first team. So they have so many internationals away. And great young yeah, they, players coming and filling they their do shirts. Get some yeah. big performances out of you know players you don't really think of as big names. The, the front yo- the front row players that they've brought through this season: Waller, um, Waller Haywood, Mercer. Well, the other Waller as well, and, and the other Waller. Yeah, they all look really good. Like, like really do a job. Uh, Sam, uh, Sam Dickinson. Um, they got that signed him from Rotherham. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's a bit older. Jamie Elliott. 
But, yeah, but they do quality this. Quality winger. What I think that they do quite well, and they did it a few seasons ago, is they seem to pick up the best players from bad teams. Phil, Phil Dowson would be a classic one from Newcastle. Luther Burrell? Yeah, Burrell. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they seem to be well, very Although good. that wasn't the best player from worst team, that was a player whose sale didn't rate. Did, yeah. Incredible, isn't it? They just did not rate Luther Burrell, hardly played him. They wanted him to stay. They did offer him a, a renewed contract, but he said, no, nah, I'm off. Great decision as well. Yeah, great, great decision. <laughs> and, well, Sam Dickinson from Rotherham has come straight from the Championship into their first team and has been a really important player. Yeah. Samu Manoa from, was playing from San, Fra- San, Fra- for San Francisco in local Gold, USA rugby. Golden Gate, San Francisco yeah. Golden Gates. Amazing. Team. That's unbelievable. They've got quality scouts, but clearly a great academy as well. I didn't realise they've only lost one game in the Premiership this, yeah. this campaign. And one draw, I think, against Leicester. Uh, early, okay. early on do you know when I look at Jim Mallinder I like how calm and he always seems very fair and very he's like a guru well spoken yeah like a guru <laughs> but I bet he's absolutely psycho when he goes I bet I, I bet, bet he, he doesn't lose it but when he does lose he's it he's like the opposite yeah. of Alan Pardew he'll, he'll never lose it in public but I bet when, <laughs> I bet it's just a look isn't it when he gives you those eyeballs um, what, what did you see Phil that you wanted to, uh, sorry JB that you wanted to Bath Saracens uh, because uh, what a display from Jack Berger um, did you see his yellow card? Yes, I did. Yeah. Absolute farce. Uh, no, no, no I stop, disagree with stop, you. Stop. I, I, I just want to say this as well, right? Uh, you can always get in touch with us um, and uh, you know see what we're saying as well at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. I just want to say, JB, could you stop using the <laughs> our, our collective Twitter account to make totally. No, JB only comments very, like very... you were ranting about that that Jack Berger yeah. yellow card, and I think you were the only person who do thought it was definitely not. Yeah, if the Twitter account is ever misspelled, like <laughs> arg- arguing that some illegal challenge by Jack Berger wasn't illegal, then it's definitely JB, and you should just ignore it. Rugby yeah. is a game about passion and commitment. Passion, yeah. commitment, pride, um, all those good things. Okay. Now, when Jack Berger was yellow carded, he was yellow carded for a high tackle, and we'll come to the high tackle. In a moment. <laughs> but what actually happened is two players had made the tackle. Jack Berg had to jump over two players to make a tackle. How much must you want to make that tackle to actually jump over the two players? That's what I want to see. And when he made the high tackle, it wasn't... It, it was a stationary target, and yes, he did go high, he, gra- he grabbed his head. But he grabbed his head. It wasn't like a clothesline. If no, you're I know what you mean. I know, I know what you're saying. I, w- I, w- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have been unhappy if it had been penalty sufficient. Get, yeah. get back. Because like you say, there was no recklessness in and, the arm. He grabbed um, him. Of course, you know how, how it was spotted. Yeah, that that's another matter in itself. That, that, I'm totally with you, JB. Just in case anyone didn't see the Bath Saracens game, just recap what happened. Yeah, so Jack Berger... Leaps about five foot in the air and eight foot across to make a tackle, which has already been made. After the player goes dead, the referee looks up and he looked at the big screen, looking at the highlights, and he sees the Jack Berger tackle. Then he turns on his little microphone and said, oh, can you look for foul play, please? And which, by the letter of the law, then transpires that Jack Berger gets a yellow card. I do, have a, pro- I do have a problem with that. Because, if, if, actually, as the I think Austin Healy pointed out on the commentary quite rightly, Luke Pearce was stood five yards away from it looking directly at the tackle yeah. he didn't spot it The his assistant referees didn't spot it and it was only the reaction of the Bath crowd looking at the highlight mm. on the big screen I mean you, arguably you could go well it was the right decision but I just I, if I yeah. felt uncomfortable with the manner it had, yeah, rugby is a real time game it, it isn't a slow motion game so you know, I think if you're going to review these things maybe it should also have to be in real time because it wasn't, it, it wasn't an infringement. It was by the letter of the law, but it wasn't an infringement. It was an infringement. It was a high tackle. But uh, let's just say, and, and again, trying to be positive and focusing on the positive, what a massive defensive performance from Saracens. Incredible defence. And the, the number of turnovers and penalties that he won from their work on the floor was exceptional because yeah. Bath are a good team and to nullify well, them for most of the game like they did. Really, impor- really important was the performance from... Uh, Mr. Good, yeah, yeah. Uh, I couldn't believe how good he was to fly off. As soon when I heard the news that um, Sir Charlie was out, I thought, "Oh, hang on, this this could be awkward." Well, uh, because they had to put Duncan Taylor, Duncan Taylor on the wing, and he's not a natural um, winger, and, and all the rest of it. He played magnificently. Well, we'd already predicted that Bath were going to win at home, yeah, with probably fewer internationals away. And to be fair, I think Bath probably had the better of Saracens up front mm. in the set piece. Yeah, that would make made some spectacular tackles. Um, yeah, that would look, <laughs> look, look really like good. But that defence was just... And, and again, Jacques Berger tip, it sort of is the example of everything 
that won that game for Saracens just yeah. and uh, he's just he's mad the, the bit, the <laughs> bit, bit that when I thought hang on Bath might be in trouble here was when um, Alex Good dropped, dropped a goal in between the 20, 22 I think it was between 22 and the, and the 10 it was a I thought, oh, hang on a second, uh, if that's what Alex Good is doing. And also, how upset must you be if you're Gloucester and you look across the road and you see a second row like Dave Atwood, who you let go and now your pack is, you know, basically made out of paper. It's, it's... <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, I've got, I've got this um, little clip of Alex Good following the Saracens bath match um, at the wreck. Oh dear. And, well, yeah, you know what's coming. Mm-hmm. Thank you to Talking Rugby for the audio for this. Now, I suspect that someone at Saracens might be having a little word in Alex Good's ear just on media training. Just imagine <laughs> if this was an international or premiership footballer who said what Alex Good said after the Saracens bath match. I was really happy with my performance, um, you know, individually, but I think, you know, the team, team were great. You know, when you're, you come with a team, it's got full of energy and just willingness to, to help you out and to run hard and to put, put you know, and defensively, um, you know, it makes it really easy. And, uh, you know, apart from cramping a bit at the end, maybe, and, and running like a bit of a mincer. Uh... <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, no. <laughs> uh... Now, uh, I'm sure Alex Gould did not mean that in any sort of derogatory fashion, but can you imagine if that was a, a like an international footballer that had said that? That would yeah. be on every back page. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised that a charity like Stonewall, someone like that, hasn't jumped on this and hasn't like made I'm surprised a bigger he, deal. I'm actually surprised he's not got some blow-up bigots outside his house and like protesters and being forced to apologise and... Or, all the rest of it. It's one of those comments which actually is pretty harmless, but if the wrong people get hold of it with the wrong intentions... You, you can't just use phrases like that whenever yeah. you want. No, I don't think you can. Because it's not that he meant any offence by it, but it can cause offence. Yeah, yeah, and we're far better uh, than football when it comes yeah. to these sort of issues. Absolutely, so, no, yeah. I, kind of, I, kind of sent, I, I think it was harmless. Uh, yeah. just shouldn't yeah. do it again. It's just surprising more than anything. Yeah. Uh, but I thought on. it was worthy of uh, bringing up anyway, because uh, yeah, I, I suspect someone will have a little quiet word in his ear, but I'm sure he didn't mean it. Yeah, besides, he was running like a girl, not like a mincer. <laughs> <laughs> Sale ground out another win, or was it that Wales Wasps managed to just throw away another possible and win? They are, kick. they are self-imploding, Wasps are. Their, their last sort of like three or four defeats, probably aggregate score, they're only like minus six. But and they were in a position to win that one. They, they, they must. They're just throwing it away at the moment. Yeah, I didn't think they were a particularly good team to start with. I think next year with their new recruits, they'll be a, a, a decent proposition. They've got uh, some quality, mind you. Uh, but yeah, they've got some good players. I don't think the story here is about wasps imploding. I, I think it's, I think it's about that sale win. Sale have gone down there and yeah. ground out a, a good result in difficult circumstances. Say, say what you like about Steve Diamond, than I often do, but. Um, <laughs> If you give him 15 players, he tends to do his best with the, with those 15. Now, whether he can keep the 15 around for any more than 80 minutes, that's a completely different question altogether. But fair play to him. It's a, it was a hell of a win. Yeah, he's always nervous about away games, isn't he? Because he's... Uh, like, he's <laughs> because he might escape. He might escape or just pass a message <laughs> under the away under the home team door. Like, like the Nigerian... Come and get me. Like the Nigerian under-21 football team. When they all came over for visas and ran off. Yeah, there was, there was something with the... Uh, Commonwealth Games in Manchester as well, wasn't there? Yeah, one of the one of the teams. I, I twenty twenty uh, athletes arrived in Manchester. Only four went back. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, London Irish were nilled for the first time since nineteen ninety seven at, Sandy, really? at wow. Sandy Park. Yeah, good stats. Wow, yes. excellent stat. Henry Slade looked good. Mm. I think he's the future. I really like him. Really mm. like him. Good player. And Exeter finally, finally. They're back on track now. Back on track. But who's going to get fifth and sixth? Who's going to get the, if there is a European competition, who's going to get the Heineken Cup spots? If you have to put your money on it right now. Quins. Uh, I think Quins will get Quins fifth. Quins will get fifth. Can Exeter, Exeter catch Sale? I think. Just looking at those names above them. Uh... Sale have got some tough fixtures. They've got to play Leicester, Northampton, and, and, um, if you just look at and Harlequins. Wasps, Exeter, and Sale, and just. Disregard who they've got left to play, which you know, is something to say. But they are the best of those three teams. I think, the, I think Sale might hold on to. Sale. I think, yeah. I mean, it's Sale's to lose. You know. Yeah, the eight points clear of Wasps. But Exeter are definitely the better team. Results haven't demonstrated no. that they are. No, I don't, I'm not sure they are. No, I think Sale this season. I've looked really good. 
See, I so, feel that Exeter have come off a really hard run of games, so I, you know that you could put, put that points difference down to who, uh, who they played. Mm, we mm. will see. But anyway, there's a break for three weeks in the Premiership, so we'll come back to that at a later podcast. But in terms of uh, the transfer merry-go-round, players coming and going, there's not been that many, but there's been a few. Luke Narraway has been added to next season's squad for London Irish. Is there much yeah. excitement about that in the London Irish camp? Actually, I would have thought so. He's a, he's, he's, he's a quality player. Um, been out in France. He'll fight out number eight for number eight with Tom Guest. They're losing Chris Haller for uh, yeah. Speaking of number eights, there's one little rumour floating around that Imanol Aranordaki is going to be coming to England for Ooh, a final awesome. part of his career. How old is Aranordaki now? 34. I'd, I'd love to see him. Now, I'd love that, especially as he once said when he was asked, what is it you dislike about English people? And he said, they're English. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be interesting to see him coming over this side. I'd, I'd, even if it's in his twilight, I'd still love to see him um, over here. Do you know... I don't know if this is if it's still the case, but when he started playing for Biarritz, he'd only ever sign one-year contracts because he might need a quick release to go and run the family farm. I don't know if that's changed. But wow. Uh, so. <laughs> that, that was in his early years. Yeah, I think his dad's got a bit more life in him, judging by the way he ran on the pitch and started trying to deck the guy that uh, had a pop at oh, yeah. Aaron Ordecky. He could be in a um, contender for best supporting role in yeah. Los <laughs> Exciting, Still no it? Freddie Burns news. Yeah. I think the longer it drags on and the more and the more that they see, see this Welsh kid, the less likely there is for a move. I, I don't know. Wasps apparently have been in for him, but he's already decided he's moving elsewhere. Thought to be Leicester. They haven't announced it yet. Mm. Why? What's the advantage of not announcing it? If it's Leicester and they've already signed him, Cockrell will be looking for the Tipex. <laughs> uh, not this guy definitely not this guy sound, sound what? <laughs> no not here speaking of Leicester players and transfers um, Marvan Kukash who is the owner of Salford City Reds Super League Rugby League team claims they will get some British and Irish Lions rugby players and that they will sign Manu Tuolangi that's a hell of a signing uh, it would be one hell of a signing I could really see him doing do, a well, jo- yeah. do a job in rugby league wouldn't where, he where would you play him? Anywhere. Anywhere. If anyone knows Everywhere. anything about Prop. league, let us know where he'd play, because we don't know. <laughs> Anywhere, just give him the ball. Yeah. Uh, this this can't happen. I mean, basically, he's obviously got very deep pockets, and he's. this is one way he's going to get around the salary cap, because in the Rugby League, Super League, there's a salary cap, but one way you can get around that is by signing players in cross-code deals. Ah, so kind of right? mm. like the Aviva excluded player. Yeah, yeah. and is, is that why we can afford so much on Andy Powell? Yeah, apparently it's a three hundred thousand pound contract. Yeah, I heard it was a huge, which deal. is stupid because he's playing rugby league. He's rubbish at rugby you league. Could probably buy Wakefield. I mean, not the team, <laughs> the town for three hundred thousand. I can't speak. He's going to be yellow card. I can't speak. We all can't speak. Wow. Uh, but the Tigers' chief exec has said um, only Bill Gates could afford Manu Tuolagi. <laughs> I simply don't believe that. I simply don't believe that only the richest private individual could, affi- uh, could afford Manu Tuolagi. Did you not enjoy that as, like, light-hearted hyperbole? I thought it was a bit silly. I, I thought it was a good response. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'd like him to put a, you know, an actual figure on it. I think I'm going to check this, but Marwan Kukash, the owner of Salford City Reds, has got a brilliant Twitter handle. There's a parody account. Yeah, there is, isn't there? Yeah. Was it, oh, was it Dr... Dr. Marwan K. <laughs> Dr. Marwank. <laughs> I thought that was real. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Did you know and also did you know the, the, the face on the red devil of Salford City Reds this season is the face of Marwan Kukash, the owner? No. Yep. It's not. Yep. Tell me it's not. No, uh, not having yeah. it. <laughs> wow. and, I, and I happen to know that as part of the community work that Salford City Reds have been trying to do in schools and stuff, they've been banned from Catholic schools because, <laughs> because the logo <laughs> is too scary as a devil face. Oh, yeah. All, oh, God. Kids in Catholic schools see a lot more scary things than the Salford yeah, City Reds devil, that's for sure. <laughs> so basically, Tiger's CEO said there's, there's, there's absolutely no chance of... Manny Tuolagi being signed to Salford City Reds. So I wondered, a little quick one, what is there more chance of happening than of Manu Tuolagi going to Super League? There's more chance of Dean Ryan saying Worcester didn't play very well no, in a post-match no interview. Chance that, yeah. No chance of that. We're a world-class team. Uh, we've beaten Oyanax, who have beaten some of the top French teams. <laughs> so Worcester Warriors have beaten a club that have beaten <laughs> some of the top clubs in the top 14. More chance of Scott Quinnell uh, doing a motivational speech without mentioning dragons being unleashed. 
<laughs> More chance of uh, Wales beating one of the Southern Hemisphere nations to win the World Cup next year. <laughs> Ooh, that's not funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, there's not much chance of him leaving. More chance than... of Kelly Brown playing for Scotland. <laughs> More chance of JB doing a well-reasoned tweet from the <laughs> rugby podcast account. Correctly spelt and punctuated. <laughs> well, just you wait for my law changes. Just you wait, and then <laughs> then you'll see see what craziness All is. All right. Well, let's move on uh, because our favourite Aussie, everyone's favourite Aussie, the Honey Badger, ah, yes. is back on the rugby podcast right now. And thank you very much to everyone that's um, posted this little link to us. The memorable quotes of Nick Cummins, the honey badger, have been celebrated online and there have been some translations done as well, which we'll get to. But let's just enjoy some of the honey badger, Nick Cummins, the winger for Australia and Western Force's best moments. Nick Cummins, how did it feel to be back out at NIB, NIB Stadium tonight? NIB. Um, yeah, mate, it's bloody outstanding. You know, no, mate, buddy, see you blue. Just gets right up yeah, and uh, and gives you the gives you the strength. Yeah, mate, oh, buddy, uh, look right up a drain pipe in one of them runs there. But uh, I think he was huffing and puffing, and uh, mate, he did well. He did well. He always does. He's a tough rooster, and uh, sweating like a gypsy with a mortgage actually when he when he got up after scoring that try. And hanging out for a feast after a solid training session. Oh, I'm gonna have a truckload of pudding, and uh, old mum's good on the and on the cook too. So dad's got the uh, the tucker ready over there, and we're gonna the mum and dad are gonna work together and form a massive feed and uh, come in and dominate it. And here's the Wallabies and Western Force wingers latest back to pre-season training and back on the mic. Uh, last year was a bit, a bit uh, how you going, but um, yeah, look, there's a couple of big hoolers getting about. Um, there's, uh, I, saw, I think I've got about half their names down pat now, but mate, we're, we're just more focused on um, we're treading softly and carrying a big stick, so uh, I think that's what we'll do. And that, and that clip didn't even mention all his uh, talk of pies. Get myself a pie. Oh, so yeah. a bit, a bit of meat. Bit of meat, bit of meat yeah. pie. Try. Now, here's something funny, right? It's it undoubtedly offensive to certain groups that you would say sweating like a gypsy with a mortgage. As every stereotype going there possible. Sweating like a gypsy with a mortgage, actually, when he, when he got up after scoring that try. But doesn't it just show, as long as you've got an accent, every, everything's funny. <laughs> if we were to say, uh, to, you're good at accents, Tim, do the, um, do, the, do the Alex Good quote, but in an Aussie accent. Oh. And then all of a sudden, it's, if, if Nick Kevin said that, hilarious. Yeah, it makes it really easy, and uh, you know, apart from cramping a bit at the end, maybe, and, and running like a bit of a mincer. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine Nick Kevin saying that. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. Good old bloke. Bloody uh, cramping a bit, and bloody, uh, you know, ran like a bit of a mincer, and, uh, you know, <laughs> got off and got myself a meat pie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So we've got a bit of translation here. Can you can you work out the translation of Nick Cummins? You gave a lot of pill to the badge, uh, which is good for you, mate. Uh, pill ball. It's the badge. It's the honey badger. No. Yes, oh, yes, okay, yes, fine, yes. Fine. You passed the ball to me several times. That was very yeah. considerate. Oh, I was going to do badges in like we got a lot. Ah, uh, bloody hell! Uh, the, the boys were on it like seagulls at a tip, mate. <laughs> they were very. Hang on. They, were, they all... were very enthusiastic to get to what they were going for. Yes, my colleagues displayed exceptional enthusiasm. Mm. Yes. I just uh, saw the line, pin me ears back, and ended up bagging a bit of mead in the corner there, which was <laughs> tops. Okay, he's gone to a nightclub on the pull. Uh, yes, you're right. No, uh, he's got to try in the corner, which was pleasing. Lucky for oh. me, every bugger fell over, and I got a gig. Oh, uh, got a job? It... Injured, people injured in the Wallaby squad, and he gets called up. Yes. My old man woke me up in the morning. He was going off like a bag of cats. <laughs> he was uh, attacked by cats. <laughs> he was happy about something. Yes, he was delighted that he got... Uh, was it going off like what? A bag like of... a bag of cats. Nice. <laughs> uh, another option for that is uh, if I end up getting a gig, mate, I'll be going off like a cut snake. <laughs> These are actual quotes from Nick Cummins. That's a horrible visual. If I end up getting a gig, mate, I'll be going off like a cut snake. That's... Uh, should the coaching staff permit me to play, I will be most excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, there was one brilliant clip as well. You're as tough as woodpecker lips. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. So uh, we salute you, the honey badger, one more time. And uh, we'll put a little link to that video at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Time for a 15 now. Are you ready for this? Yeah. yeah. We do a 15. So we've got a dream team right now. This is uh, where we dream up a topic and then pick a 15. 15 players to fill the shirts, which if you agree, disagree, have someone else you want to suggest, then as I mentioned, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, have your say, and we could give you a shout next time round. The dream team for today 
is one which JB came up with. Boring 15, JB. Indeed. Players are kind of stuck around. You're not too sure why. They weren't bad, but they weren't good. Kind of, yeah. Or, and this is how I sort of interpreted uh, the topic boring 15, was like players which they could be exceptional, could even be world-class players, but maybe just a very functional and pragmatic kind yeah. of style mm, exactly. players. Yeah, so, yeah, well, the, the boring 15. Boring 15. Here we go, then. We'll start in the front row, then. Hmm. I thought this is pretty difficult, actually, the front row, because front rows are intrinsically boring. Yeah, but the ones who are, like, household names are the ones who stand out for, for some reason. Ken like, Healy, the DJ. Exactly. Yeah, DJ Church. Gethin Jenkins or Sheridan yeah. or Ma- Joe Marlowe. Like, Adam Jones. <laughs> Nothing, man! <laughs> well, actually, Adam Jones could, could qualify. Because he's very good at pushing, but also very boring. Well, I I actually had Adam Jones down, and I thought you were really going to contest this, but because he is such a good scrimmager, Wales use it as an attacking weapon to try and win penalties, and that makes the game so boring. I'll go with you, Phil. I I struggled for loose. I had had three tight heads. Well, I had Julian White... Oh, yeah, he's boring. God, he was boring. Can you play that clip of uh, Adam Jones from the Wales-France game? Yes, please. When uh, Alan <laughs> Rowland says, uh, what's going on over this side of the scrum? What's going on this side? Come on. Nothing, man. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, man. Uh, and hooker? Can I hear music? Yeah. All right, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's in your head. Yeah. The voice is in your head. I had Robin, Mc- Robin McBride. Ooh, yeah. Oh, that's a great shout. Oh, he was dull. Yeah, um, apparently he was the second strongest man in Wales. Who cares? <laughs> I had Andrew Hoare. Oh, that's good, yeah. Because in such an exciting attacking team, he's so boring. He's just... That's he's very he's good shout. Functional. And he's got that boring geography teacher moustache. Would you count Anthony Fianga in that kind of mould? Yeah. Because he looks like he should be... He looks like yeah. he should be uh, the Maya Nonu of... Um, <laughs> Maya Nonu. Ma- Maya Nonu. More... <laughs> <laughs> more Nonu, sorry. Of uh, hookers, oh, hookers. But he's not. Yeah, that's, he's another good shout. He's very dull to watch. Let's move into the row. Lewis Deacon, now we're talking. Yeah, Lewis Deacon is boring. Oh, my God. The one which I love, um, James Hudson. What a boring <laughs> player. Stands by a ruck, puts up his... Oh, hang on. No, no. Let's just ignore the ruck, the ruck inspecting for a minute. Did anyone see his very novel way of uh, defending driving malls? It was oh, hilarious. That was good. Getting walked <laughs> over the try line whilst holding oh, on to yes. Northampton's <laughs> leg. There was two of them. Right. So, like, one of them, it could be an accident. Two of them were being dragged along the floor whilst they're holding on to legs. I thought they're clearly training this, uh, this brandy tennis. <laughs> it was Ross Moriarty and James Hudson <laughs> that, just what? dangling onto Samu Manoa's legs as he carried them both over the line. Incredible <laughs> power from the Northampton pack. They've just been dragged, dragged along like a dead weight. <laughs> uh, second row was, I think. You could pick virtually any second row. There's so many boring ones. Will James? Oh, yeah. Tom Palmer? Yeah. Oh, Tom Palmer. Richie, um, Richie Gray? Yeah, I thought of him, but then he can run a little bit. Yeah, he's nah. got a pretty... When he does run and offload, he runs with the ball in one hand like a basketball player and offloads around people's backs and stuff. How about Craig Quinnell? Um, we could have Martin Corey in there as well. Oh, oh yeah. Martin Corey's in my put him, put him at six. Could put, put him, him at six. six. Corey yeah. at six. Deacon, second row with Hudson. Yeah, yeah, Hudson, uh, the ruck inspector. Who have you got? In... Good player. Let's not be. Let's be fair. Who good player? Hudson. Hudson. Good player. Really? Well, yeah. Why? Of course, he's a good player. Why? Mm. He's a good player. Hang on. Good line-out specialist. Oh, you mean he's light? The ruck inspector. <laughs> we'll move on. Louis Spencer's light. <laughs> um... Hold on, you, you turned into Alex Goose. <laughs> Martin Corey in the back row with who? Um, right. Okay, I've got Jordan Crane. Oh, oh wow, is we just picking Leicester? <laughs> <laughs> is I, this more to do with the way they play? Uh, maybe. I had James Haskell. Maybe, actually, because he doesn't... You think with his size he's going to be this he's incredible not, ball carrier. He doesn't yeah, do anything. He's not a good ball carrier. He doesn't do much on the breakdown and such. Yeah. He's very heavy. He's yeah, very strong. He, yeah, heavy and strong in the gym. Ryan Jones? Yeah, Ryan Jones is... What does Ryan Jones do? He picks up and gets tackled after he kind of half breaks the tackle. Normally gets knocked backwards. The only time I've ever seen him go forward is in the Lions tour to New Zealand Mm. when he was playing the midweek teams and he looked incredible. He did, actually. Playing against some carpenter Mm. from Wellington. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, a furniture removal man. Uh, (laughs) Joe Worsley? 
oh no, he was just nuts. Yeah. He, was, he, was the, he was the Jack like, Burger of his day. Yeah, yeah. I take that back, actually. Yeah. But mind you, he wasn't as, as active as Jack Burger, who you know, goes hunting for, for things. He would just stand in the way of Jamie Robertson. I'm just going to put my head in the way of this yeah. 18 stone <laughs> brute coming and my also, way. And also, he kind of... Um, I always think of Joe Worsley as... Uh, a little boy holding Lawrence Lalu's hand round, like round the field all, <laughs> all his career he was like uh, Lawrence, La- Lawrence Lalu's shadow <laughs> I, I had Jordan Crane in because he wears that bright blue head yeah. guard and when he first came on the scene he had the big blonde. shocker blonde hair and he yeah. had loads of offloads and stuff but he doesn't really do that he just trucks it up Crane Haskell Corey yeah I'd go for oh, that god yeah um, scrum half is really difficult to pick because there aren't really many boring scrum halves hmm I'm going for Andy Nickel. Yeah, there's a few <laughs> Scottish ones. Oh, this yeah. feels like such a cruel 15 now. We're actually doing it. It feels like we're being oh, personal. No, don't worry about that, Let's keep Tim. it about their style of play, not about them as people. Um, Are you having one of these guys around for dinner, Tim? No, no, I just think we should keep it about the, the rugby. If you find their style of rugby a bit, which I would go, you know, Martin Corry, he was an international a quality player, nice. England captain, an exceptional player. Yeah, but, Hang but on, he's very, very in a, pragmatic. Ter- in a terrible, terrible time to be England captain. Yeah, yeah, Can I know that was that, that's. There's no doubt about that. But he was in a World Cup winning squad yeah, on the bench. Considering that Corry has worn the six shirt for Leicester in England, which someone like Tom Croft has worn, if Martin Curry gets the ball in the 13 channel, <laughs> oh no. what's he going to do compared to Tom Croft? Yeah, exactly. He's going to crash it up. He's going he's gonna to give you front football that's going to be a good platform to play, but he's not going to take yeah. on the man on the outside if and go 40 got, yards. If, he, if he's surrounded by players, he's going to crush it up and give you three yards. Mm-hmm. If he's got open space, he's going to crush it up and give you three yards. That's what he does. Yeah, yeah agreed. So let's, let's keep it, let's not make it personal, like yeah. Haskell and his personal life. Let's keep, okay. it, about, let's keep it about the rugby. Scrum off then. I've gone Andy Nickel. Um, I've gone Wigglesworth. Oh, that's a great one. I, I, yeah, definitely Wigglesworth. Because he's, he's a good player, but he's never going to make that break like Danny Kay. He's going to be solid. Kick, kick well, distribute well. But yeah, he was described as the best kicking nine, which is a, yeah. a sad indictment. Yeah, Wigglesworth. Tim? Yeah, done. Uh, ten. I've got loads. So. Rob Andrew back in the day. Yeah. Not as boring as Neil Jenkins. Neil Jenkins would set, yes, would yes, set his yes. feet in, in the ground and either wing it or <laughs> wait for a penalty and kick it. That's what he would do. World class at uh, both those things. Dan Parks? That's Dan, Dan, yeah. Dan um, Parks. I had, I had Neil Jenkins. I had uh, Neil Jenkins down as well, but I also had Mornay Steen, potentially. Oh, good. Well, oh, oh take your oh. pick of South Africans. Yeah. 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 Stransky. No, no, even more boring. Um, Bram van Straten. Just, <laughs> do you remember him? For the... For the talent that these guys have outside them, their primary <laughs> objective when they get the ball in their hands is to kick it as high as they possibly especially, can. Especially <laughs> Bram Van Straten. Oh, please put him... Bram Van Straten. Bram Van Straten's in at 10. We could, we could accommodate... We could um, just carry Jenkins at 15, like, like, like the Lions that. did in 97. Let's <laughs> yeah. carry Jenkins, just to kick us to victory. Uh, um, do you want to do wings first or centres? Uh, let's go wings. OK. <sighs> Where do we start? How about Sean Lamont? Okay. Shane Horgan. Yes, in terms yeah. of a style, he's not the sort of winger. Oh my if you God. can pick a winger, and fair enough, Grand Slam winner. Yeah. Or not Grand Slam winner, but uh, Six Nations Championship winner. Heineken Cup winner. Heineken Cup winner. But, Irish international. But if you were going to pick a winger, winger that you could pick, you would not go for someone in the mould of Shane Horgan. Yeah, and not only effective that. Effective as he was. When you think of really exciting commentary, and you think of like when uh, commentators get excited, it's, it's Sexton, it's Driscoll, Horgan. It just doesn't. It doesn't flow, uh, Corny. You're not going to go. Exciting. What an incredible step! And he's taking him on the outside. Shane Hawkins. <laughs> the man's no. a maverick. No. It's more like he's run through him from five yards out. <laughs> oh, he's in touch. He's, he's in touch. <laughs> uh, sim- similar vein, David James. Yeah, v- very boring. He had some gas back in the day, though. Mm, yeah, he did yeah gas. I guess so. Um, Halladine Luscombe. Oh, he's a centre, wasn't he? We uh, played wing for Wales, but he could be centre, so we, we can move him around. Yeah. And the worst of the worst, as far as I'm concerned, Kenny Logan. That's who I've got written down. Oh, yeah. Oh, Logan. no. Kenny Logan's playing. Uh, had a great career. Again, had one night in the I cup. just. A, a winger that makes his living by kicking. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not comfortable uh, what about, with that. What about Halfpenny? He's a fullback. No. Is, do you have an he issue with quite, that? He is quite boring, though. Halfpenny. 
Yeah, he is quite boring because he's, his primary yeah. purpose is to kick yeah. kick him from anywhere and everywhere. Yeah, Adam, jo- Adam Jones and Lee Halfpenny is Wales's game plan. We, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's probably worth nine points a game. Yeah, we are, absolutely. We are consistent with Halfpenny though, which is, I think we all agree that good runner, good kicker, good tackler, great in the high ball, can't pass. Yeah, the interception try against Italy is a great example yeah. of that. Not only should Kenny Logan be on the wing and start for this team, he should captain it. Kenny Logan and Shane Horgan on the oh, wings. Full, full back Neil Jenkins. Yeah. Carry Neil Jenkins yeah, at 15. I think we should carry Neil Jenkins in the way that the Lions did in 97. Can you think of a, a less exciting attacking threat than Neil Jenkins, Neil Jenkins. Joining, joining the line at 15? Neil, Jen- ev- Neil Jenkins gets, gets the ball into space at 15. <laughs> oh, he's, he's got Shane Horgan outside him. <laughs> but Morton Corey's inside. <laughs> 12 and 13 then. I've gone for a, an England pairing of Jamie Noon and Mike Tyndall. Yeah, Jamie Noon's oh, got to be in yes. there. Yeah. Mike Tyndall, is that a bit harsh? Nope, absolutely not. Probably. It's very pragmatic and functional, but would Will Greenwood have had the space and time and options? Will Greenwood is a had, wonderful... Had there not been yeah. the threat of Mike Tyndall running Tindall. that hard line? Yeah, it's one-dimensional. I've also got Kerry Sweeney to slot in at 12, although more of a 10. But he has played... I think he's even played 12 for Wales. And my word, is that an, an inspired choice? <laughs> <laughs> That back line is pretty special. Uh, a back line of Richard Wigglesworth at nine, uh, the kicking scrum half outside to the big Gary Owen kicking Bram Van Straten at ten. Oh, Tyndall and Noon both hitting hard straight lines in the centre. I mean, Noon's case, probably knocking it on. <laughs> Occasionally releasing the wingers of Shane Horgan and Kenny Logan. Oh, the only way the ball's getting out there is... Kick, kicked, <laughs> he's kicked by one of the one of the ball players. I'm waiting for Adam Jones to win a scrum penalty. Neil Jenkins at fullback. Wow. That's a Brent, brilliant. Brendan Laney on the bench as, a, as an impact impact sub in case anything gets too exciting. And in the forwards, uh, Adam Jones. Again, we're not making any comment on the quality of these players. We're saying these yeah. are all high quality players. They just not got the kind of game plan that you would necessarily regard as exciting. Adam Jones. Robin McBride yeah, and Julian, Julian White in the front row. Second row of Louis Deacon, Lewis Deacon and uh, James Hudson. And a back row of Martin Corrie, Jordan Crane and James Haskell. Oof. Pretty special, that. It, just feel, it fills me with nothingness, which is exactly what it should do. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, well, there's our Dream 15. If you've got any, anyone you want to add, because we're undoubtedly going to miss someone, because by the very nature of the boring 15, someone is going to just not have cropped up mm. in our mind. So, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, let us know. Now, finally, final uh, job on this podcast, and th- this is something else, much like the Honey Badger. This is something that JB's been badgering us for weeks to mm. do, but we've always run out of time. JB wants to make some law changes. Right, so... If anyone follows... oh, hold on a minute. Do you know, I, I, I feel like I should get some music for this. What? Just... Right, I've, got, I've, got, I've got the theme for LA Law here. This is uh, a nice bit of sax there. Nice bit I've of never heard sax. this tune in my life. So it was in the early 1990s. It was about a law firm in Los Angeles. Go on, anyway, go on. Have you got any Ali McBeal? That's probably better. Uh, hold on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Ali McBeal sounds <laughs> Ali like. Ali McBeal theme. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Ali McBeal theme. <laughs> Is that the Ali McBeal theme? No idea, I've never heard it. Yo. Oh, it is? It is? Go on then. Go on, Jake. <laughs> what laws are you going to change right, in getting, rugby? We're getting rid of the knock-on. Okay? And I know to the purists that sounds awful, but it's going to go. You're getting rid of the knock-on. There will be no more knock-ons. So, how will this work? Well, for start, there will still be a knock-on. A deliberate knock-on will still be disallowed. However... An accidental knock-on will result in a play-on. Right, I think I'm going to play something else at this point. This is what probably what a lot of people are thinking at this point. Is what I'm thinking, JB. <laughs> okay. You're getting rid of the knock-on, what? Bear with me, okay? So this is how my rule would work. If you knock on intentionally or accidentally within in the opposition five-metre zone, if you like, it's the, the traditional rules. If it's any other position on the field, it's a, a play-on. If, however, it's a deliberate knock-on, you will be shown a yellow card immediately, which is the proper use of the yellow card. Now, bear with me. Getting rid of knock-ons will, A, increase the amount of time the ball is in play, B, make players fitter and smaller, and C, because of those two things, might just save the scrimmage. 
I, I refer to my earlier earlier comment. Well, <laughs> when Jay first mentioned this to me, I think I had exactly the same reaction. But the more I think about this, the more I like it. It makes a lot of sense. The majority of the times when there's a knock-on, the defending team, I, the team that didn't knock on, get the advantage. It's it's only one one in ten something like that where the attacking team will actually gain any advantage. So it's never going to use tactically, and if it is, it's a deliberate knock-on and it's a yellow card. Exactly. And it does, like Jay said, keeps the ball in play. You get longer passage of play. You'll get more broken field running. And it, it, it just it will speed everything up and reduce less, the scrimmage, which less, is a huge problem. So less scrums, hopefully less powerful scrums, and we get to save our, our beloved scrums from those health and safety vultures. So it might actually make sense for the entire game. What happens... Right, it's your team. It's a really, really important game. It's the last minute of the match, and 12 passes to 13, who knocks it on. That makes the ball trickle through his opposite number's legs going forward, and the winger, who was outside him, ready as a support runner, picks up the ball, runs it 20 metres to well, score a try. Interesting you bring, bring this up, because if it was that simple, people would be using little... Uh, little grubber kicks. Little grubber kicks. But it's invariably it isn't. It's that not simple that simple, yeah. To throw the ball in front of you towards the opposition, because if you've not got hold of the ball, there's no real advantage. If it was that easy, there'd be grubbing through all, um, uh, all the time. And it would happen as frequently as, say, a bomb goes up, one of the team taps it back, and the attacking team just happened to be in the right place at the right time, and it falls into their hand with no one around them. It's it's it might happen occasionally, but it would be. Very few and far between, and to the, to the same frequency as other freak tries. It could also be a, a rule where, if if a try was scored immediately following a knock-on, whether it's and, and take away the five meter arbitrary five meter rule, then that could be a cause yeah, for it I've, to, I've to for advantage. Well. You you have to go through a Another phase of phase. play. That, before that also, before you score, so yeah. that zeroes the knock on. That kind of yeah, thing. that actually could that actually could work. I mean, it, it, I've not thought it all through yet. I, I, yeah. I will admit, but actually, you, it's a maverick suggestion. I'll well, give I mean, you that. If you think about all the various things that they've changed in the past, like you can bring down a mall, you can't bring down a mall, you can use your hands in, hands in a ruck, you can't. This is a well, ruck, that's a ruck. Some of the stuff they're trialing in the South Africa Varsity Cup at the moment, yeah. they're trialing. You can mark the ball anywhere on the pitch. That's no more maverick, I don't think, than yeah, than no knock-ons. I mean, you still got forward pass. Uh, so, what's the purpose of that? To try and pr- stop people stop, from do, st- using the kick? Yeah, it annoys me. The Six Nations. This is the one thing I would say about the Six Nations is, and just in general, actually, the style of rugby at the minute. I always wonder what is the point in an up and under when the kick only goes forward. 15 metres. Well, yeah. well, I I when you had the ball, what is the point? I think Agreed. they're almost looking for the opposition to make, to a, make mistake, a mistake. To make a mistake, exactly. Because they, they win the scrimmage. But I think that actually, that my new rule would, di- would, would disincentivise that because you could go up and you could kind of scramble for it. And, you know, when it comes down, it comes down. I, you'd, you'd, you'd struggle to call that deliberate. And also another thing is, my deliberate knock-on rule, it already exists. See Leicester against, New, uh, against Newcastle this weekend. Two yellow cards for deliberate knock-ons. Mm. So uh, that rule is already there. So anyone who says, well, how do you differentiate between a deliberate knock-on and not a deliberate knock-on? So, going back another one, like a, a really, really good example, London Irish, last minute of the match against Leicester at home, and... No. Seb Jeb Sinclair, yep. as he, or Trevor Anus, or one of the players was trying to pick it up, and he got kicked out of his hands. It got well, kind of got kicked out of his hands. Slash, it was given as a knock on. Then the next player picked it up and scored. You'd say that's fair enough. No, because mm. in the five meter line. What about if he'd run from six meters? Mm. I think that's different anyway because there was a boot involved, wasn't there? There was a boot involved in that situation. But actually, I, you know, what what is the advantage to watching a game where? And you see it sometimes where the scrum half might knock on at, at the back of a ruck. I mean, there's no advantage for the spectators to see to see a scrimmage happen. Yeah, it, to see at, play at stopped, reset. You take a minute and a half to to get it. This would definitely make props smaller because they'd have to be fitter because yeah. the ball's in play rather than 35 minutes a game. It'd be in play 50 odd minutes. Yeah, a game. I was going to say. Think of some of these massive guys. Think of Adam Jones. Yeah. Suddenly he would be he wouldn't be right for the modern and, game. Hmm. Wow, and much like Phil. I'm not. I'm not totally sold. And I've still got some little yeah, grey areas and some questions. But the principle, rather than just thinking you're you're off your head, 
I can I can see the merits of it. I can. Yeah. Like most of J- JB's JB's arguments, third person. All my ideas just need a little bit of explaining, and then you'll see the genius involved. Well, tell us what you think. Knock on, get rid of it. Is there anything else you can add to uh, JB's manifesto at Rugby Podcast on Twitter? Well, there we go. It's a nice little uh, debating point to end uh, mm. to end the podcast on. Just a matter of having a song to play us out now before we go. Yeah, go for the Honey Badger. Uh, just time for us to say thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for the comments on iTunes. Keep downloading. Tell your mates and uh, keep telling us what you reckon at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Nice one, JB. Cheers, Tim. Nice one, Phil. Cheers, Tim. And uh, thank you. Here is uh, Nick Cummings, the Honey Badger, uh, celebrating World Music Day with his Western Force teammate and singing a little bit of Peter Andre. G'day, folks. Live from Scarborough Beach, the Honey Badger and Golden Eagle. Now, we've put a little something together uh, for the International Music Day. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, and enjoy the show. Hardly anything of it, but it was beautiful. That's the honey badger. We're out. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.